Welcome to the Intimacy Connection Talk Show, where women discover all the ways this is their time for love, companionship, and extraordinary intimacy. Featuring co-hosts Jacqueline Lopez and Michael Russer, who are international speakers, authors, and thought leaders in the areas of advanced human sexuality and relationships. So get ready to turn up the heat from hot flash to red hot romance. Good morning, everyone. I'm your host, Jacqueline Lopez. And I'm her ever-faithful partner, Michael Russer. For the Intimacy Connection Talk Show, a talk show where you will hear an unusual perspective on relationship, sex, and intimacy. And boy, we are going to roll with this. Yes, we are. So turn on the heat. (laughs) Yes, right. And turn up the volume. (laughs) Yes, because we have the privilege to have on the other side of the... Of, of the Atlantic and the Atlantic, because we are, we are in California, we have Cindy Gallup with us. And with Cindy Gallup, it's like um, if someone tells you, here's a Coca-Cola, and if that person doesn't know what is Coca-Cola, then uh, I, you just can't explain what is a woman who have the courage to stand up on, on stage and tell it as it is. I have so much respect for her courage. I mean, like 500 years from now or 200 years from now, people are going to write books about this lady and they're going to say, <laughs> she changed the way I saw myself. <laughs> she changed the way I perceive sex in, in my life. Like my grandmother told me about this Cindy Gallup lady who changed <laughs> the way she saw her husband and herself in the bedroom. So that's the way you're going to be considered like two years. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. I think 200 years from now, you're going to be remembered as that lady <laughs> who stood up and spoke up at TED. Up TEDx. Yes. No, no, not TEDx. So well, TED. TED. Yeah. I mean, she's been in, in, in TED and in TEDx. TEDx as well. Yes. Welcome, Cindy. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, well, we're, we are deeply honored to have you, and I just finished watching your TED, 2009 TED, and I have to say it was amazing, and you packed so much into a very short uh, segment, but it was powerful, to the point, and very, very entertaining, too, by the way. So she's a speaker, consultant, and founder of MakeLoveNotPorn.com, and also... If you run, if we run the world, do you mean that for women, Cindy? Um, no, I meant that for all of us, actually. It's the collective we. Ah, excellent. Excellent. So the first thing I always, instead of just reading, you know, kind of like long description who you are for those people who have been in the cave and ne- never have seen <laughs> a TV or, or have been on the Internet, yeah, um, I'd rather just ask you how did you come about this career i mean i i read that you said it's been a series of accidents and i love that because i feel the same way with my career and because i have been reinventing myself every 10 years or something so um and as an entrepreneur so tell me how do you come about to help uh, women and men in the uh, sticky subject of sex 
Well, um, you know, um, um, as you've obviously, you know, um, seen me say, Jacqueline, it, it was indeed a complete and total accident. So um, my background is over 30 years working in brand building, marketing and advertising. Um, these days I work um, for myself as a consultant um, in order to support the entrepreneurial journey that um, that TED 2009 talk catapulted me onto when I had no intention of taking it. So um, how Make Love Not Porn came about um, was through direct personal experience. I date younger men. Um, they tend to be men in their 20s. And about 10 or 11 years ago now, I began realizing through dating younger men that I was encountering an issue that would quite honestly never have crossed my mind if I had not encountered it so very personally and intimately. I realized I was experiencing what happens when two things converge. And I stress the dual convergence because most people think it's only one. I realized I was experiencing what happens when today's total freedom of access to hardcore porn online meets our society's equally total um, reluctance to talk openly and honestly about sex. It's the convergence of both of those factors that results in porn becoming by default sex education in not a good way. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I realized this, um, being a naturally action-oriented person, I went, I want to do something about this. So nine years ago, I put up on No Money this tiny, clunky little website at makelovenotporn.com that posted the myths of hardcore porn and balanced them with reality. The construct was porn world versus real world. Um, I had the opportunity to launch Make Love Not Porn at the TED conference, which I've been going to for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, I became the only TED speaker to have said the words, come on my face on the TED stage six times. The talk went viral instantly as a result, and it drove this extraordinary global response to my tiny clunky website that I had never anticipated. I realized I'd uncovered a huge global social issue. And so I saw an opportunity to do what I believe in very strongly, which is that the future of business is about doing good and making money simultaneously. I saw the opportunity for a big business solution to this huge untapped global social need. So um, uh, what I decided to do was essentially, um, I always explain to people, make love not porn is not anti-porn because the issue isn't porn. The issue is that we don't talk about sex in the real world. Because if we did, amongst many other benefits, people would then be able to bring a real-world mindset to the viewing of what is simply artificial entertainment. Our tagline at Make Love Not Porn is pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference. Mm -hmm. And our mission is one thing only, which is to help make it easier for everybody in the world to talk about sex. Talk about sex open and honestly in the public domain, and by that I mean parents to children, teachers to classrooms, everyone to everyone. But equally importantly, talk about sex openly and honestly privately in your intimate relationships. And the reason that's so crucial is because we don't talk about sex, it's an area of rampant insecurity for every single one of us all around the world, no exceptions. We all get vulnerable when we get naked. Sexual egos are very fragile. People therefore find it bizarrely difficult to talk about sex with the people they're actually having it with while they're actually having it. Mm -hmm. Because you are terrified in that situation that if you say anything at all about what is going on, if you comment on the action anyway at all, you will potentially hurt the other person's feelings, 
you will put them off you, you will derail the encounter, you'll potentially derail the entire relationship, but at the same time, you want to please your partner, you want to make them happy. Everybody wants to be good in bed, no one knows exactly what that means. And so you will seize your cues on how to do that from anywhere you can. If the only cues you've ever seen are porn, because your parents didn't talk to you, your school didn't teach you, your friends aren't honest, those are the cues you'll take to not very good effect. And so given this mission of talk about it, I decided to take every dynamic in social media and apply them to this one area that no other social platform will go in order to socialize sex. And to make real world sex and talking about it socially acceptable and therefore ultimately just as socially shareable as anything else we share on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. So five years ago, um, my team and I launched the first stage of this vision. We have a whole roadmap beyond this for the future. Um, the first stage is makelovenotporn.tv, which is an entirely user-generated, crowdsourced video sharing platform that celebrates real world sex. So anybody from anywhere in the world can submit to us videos of themselves having real world sex. And we're very clear what we mean by this. We are not porn. We're not amateur. We're building a whole new category on the Internet that has never previously existed, social sex. So our competition isn't porn. It's Facebook and YouTube, or rather it would be if Facebook and YouTube allowed sexual self-expression and self-identification, which they don't. So social sex videos on Make Love Not Porn are not about performing for the camera. They're about doing what you do on every other platform, just capturing what goes on in the real world as it happens spontaneously in all its funny, messy, glorious, silly, beautiful, ridiculous, wonderful humanness. We curate to make sure of that. We watch every single video. We don't publish unless it's real. And we have a revenue sharing business model. So part of the sharing economy, like Uber and Airbnb, you pay to rent and stream social sex videos, and then half that income goes to our contributors, or as we call them, our make love not porn stars. Mm -hmm. Because we would love our Make Love Not Porn stars one day to be as famous as YouTube stars for the same reasons, authenticity, realness, individuality, and we would like them to make just as much money. We want to hit the kind of critical mass where one day your social sex video on Make Love Not Porn hits a million rentals at $5 per rental, and we give you half that income. We are the answer to the economy, by the way. Mm -hmm. Wow, what an endeavor. You you took this on you to bring the taboo of sex and and we Michael and I experienced this in our in our world. Mm -hmm. uh, we uh, are speakers for the cancer survivors and, and partners in Michael's case, a prostate cancer survivor and the, uh, the topic of of sex it's so I mean, we declare when we're on the stage this is a, a shame and guilt-free zone because Thank men you consider themselves less than a man because they don't get their equipment working, their package is, is not functioning. And so we just have two minutes before the... Yeah, and, and, and it's, we speak to all cancer survivors. So, and the reproductive cancers, uh, Cindy, are particularly pernicious and impactful in terms of body image, in terms of function, in terms of libido. And so, as Jacqueline said, we declare right up front, as we are after, right after we're introduced, that this is a guilt and shame-free zone where the conversation starts now, because the guilt and shame only make the suffering worse for these absolutely. people. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that has been my observation too. In nine years of thousands of emails, comments, um, you know, conversations, what I always explain to people is that 
you know, half the problem is the shame, the guilt, the embarrassment. You know, mm -hmm. take that away and we have a completely different world. That's right. We will um, close this because we're going to uh, commercials, but we will continue this conversation with Cindy Gallup about bringing the topic of sex, intimacy, and in, in the relation, the context of a relationship back to where it belongs right, to right. everybody, everybody's conversation. No that, shame. That's no right. Guilt. And when we come back, we'd love to hear your definition of what making love actually means. So we'll be back shortly. Stay tuned. We will be back momentarily with more of the Intimacy Connection Talk Show with hosts Jacqueline Lopez and Michael Russer. It's words you never heard. Did you hear about the Gabrielunzi bear caught rummaging through a refrigerator in an apartment in Colorado? The tenant heard noises coming from the kitchen and saw a bear with his head in the fridge looking for anything it could eat. What's a word for food that's unfit for human consumption? Ma wallop. The tenant locked himself in his bedroom and called for help. What's a word for the fear of bears? Ursophobia. We have lots of bears near our Colorado cabin, and we have been told that pepper spray will keep them away. But the idea that it would keep a 500-pound grizzly bear from attacking seems ridiculous to me. I think I'll try the pepper spray on myself and hope the bear doesn't like spicy foods. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. With all the activities that come with the holiday season, it's easy to bypass exercise and for it to get lost in the holiday shuffle. It seems like we have less time, and that stress can really push us over the edge. Exercise relieves stress, and even more importantly, it improves your mood. Being active releases endorphins, and you will feel so much better. Endorphins are chemically very much like morphine. They are a group of hormones that occur naturally in the brain. When released, they increase your body's threshold for pain and affect the way you feel emotionally. The fact that exercise relieves stress, does good things for your body and your health, and also releases endorphins, makes it a high priority all year long, but especially during this hectic but most wonderful time of the year. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. We are back to continue our conversation with our hosts, Jacqueline Lopez and Michael Russer, on the Intimacy Connection Talk Show. And we are back with Cindy Gallup, our guest today, and Michael. Dimitri. Yeah, I, I have a question for you, Cindy. Now, um, it, just going by the very title, of your site, Make Love Not Porn, it, 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 it begs the question, what do you mean by making love? You know, and, and uh, you, know, we, we, as, you know, we speak about this and we see a distinction between making love and just having sex. And we're very curious as to what your, your view is on this. Sure. So, um, so actually, I don't see any distinction between those two terms at all. And incidentally, one of the problems with the fact that we don't talk about sex is that we therefore have a very limited vocabulary with which to talk about it. That, that's something that's a separate um, issue that we're addressing at Make Love Not Porn. And I think your viewers may be entertained to hear how we're doing that. But that's for later on the show. Um, uh, first of all, I'll just say that... Um, 
um, the name Make Love Not Porn, I mean, it, it's funny for me because I just, you know, back 10 or 11 years ago, I was going, I want to do something about this. I need a catchy name that the URL hasn't been bought yet. And I thought about Make Love Not War and I turned it into Make Love Not Porn. So um, not a huge amount of thought went into that. Um, and it's very fortunate that now, 10, 11 years later, I discover that I own the definitive call to action in this arena. But to answer your question specifically, um, Michael, um, let me just explain um, what Make Love Not Porn does um, in order to, 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 to get right to the heart of what, uh, what I know you're asking. So um, uh, um, when, uh, when I talk about real world sex, uh, one of the things that I explain to people is that the reason amateur is the most explosive growth sector in porn has nothing to do with porn. It has everything to do with the fact that everybody wants to know what everybody else is really doing in bed and nobody does. Mm. And now for the first time at makelovenotporn.tv, we are showing them. And that is amazing because porn is purely and simply masturbation material. That's its purpose. We're not just that. We are that too, by the way, very happy to be that. But we are so many more things on top of that. So, for example, social sex is enormously reassuring because we celebrate real-world everything. Real-world bodies, real-world hair, real-world penis size, real-world breast size. Our mantra is that everybody is beautiful when they're having real-world sex, and they really are. And then, you know, social sex is also reassuring because we celebrate, you know, the accidents, the awkwardness, the messiness, the ridiculousness. When you learn about sex from porn, it teaches you that sex is a performance. Nothing must go wrong. Oh, my God, if it does, how excruciatingly embarrassing. Whereas we go, if you can't laugh at yourselves in bed, where can you? And then, very importantly, we celebrate real-world emotions. We celebrate real-world love, intimacy, feelings. Our members write to us, and our Make Love Not Porn stars, and they say things like, this is a verbatim quote from an email from a man, who wrote to us and the Make Love Not Porn stars in the video, and he said, the sex in that video was incidental. I want what you guys have. I saw the way you looked at each other. I saw the way your eyes met. Um, I really hope one day I can find someone that I will have that with. And, you know, it's really interesting because um, we do not see real people who love each other madly, whether they've been together for a few months or 25 years. And I make love not porn stars range in age from 19 to 80. Um, it is wonderful to see them just having a wonderful, wonderful time with each other. And by the way, when you see that, that explodes all preconceived notions about there should be aspirational body types or ways of having sex. And so I'm, I'm a big fan of radical simplicity. And, you know, one, one of the things that I, you know, really encourage people to, to think much more simply about is that the single biggest turn on in the world is to be in bed with someone and know that they are having an absolutely fabulous time because of you. I quote William Blake, the 18th century English poet, who wrote a short poem um, centuries ago, which is as true today as, as it was then. It, it's heteronormative because those were the times, but it applies to anybody and everybody. William Blake wrote, What is it that men in women do require? The lineaments of gratified desire. What is it that women and men do require? The lineaments of gratified desire. And by the way, lineaments is an old English word for expressions of gratified mm -hmm. desire. And that is the secret 
of phenomenal sex. And where that comes from, by the way, is, you know, I said earlier that make love not porn is an accident. What is no accident is that I've spent 30 years working in advertising in the business of communication. Mm -hmm. I know, therefore, that everything great in life and business is born out of great communication. Sex is no different. Great sex is born out of great communication. And so the interesting thing about your question, Michael, is that what Make Love Not Porn is setting out to do is to help people have that amazing emotional connection, <clears throat> whether you're having casual sex or whether you are in a committed relationship. Because actually, you know, every, every single sexual experience should be transcendent in that way, um, that both of you are having a wonderful, wonderful time. And here's, um, here's how um, I want Make Love Not Porn to help you achieve that. So when I say that our mission is very simple, very single-minded, to help make it easier for everyone in the world to talk about sex, because we do not do that currently, people have trouble getting their heads around how massively, profoundly, fundamental and beneficial the impact of that would be. Um, here's what I mean by that. I designed Make Love Not Porn around my own philosophies, one of which is that everything in life and business starts with you and your values. So I regularly ask people this question. What are your sexual values? Mm -hmm. And nobody can ever answer me because we're not taught to think that way. Many of us, if we're lucky, are born into families where our parents bring us up to have good manners, a work ethic, a sense of responsibility, accountability. Nobody ever brings us up to behave well in bed. Mm -hmm. But they should because their empathy, sensitivity, generosity, kindness, honesty are as important as they are in every other area of our lives and our work where we are actively taught to exercise those values. So mm. here's what will happen when Make Love Not Porn gets funded, which by the way is a very challenging task, and is able to scale to achieve its social mission at a global level. Parents will bring their children up openly to have good sexual values and good sexual behavior in the same way they currently bring them up openly to have good values in every other part of life. We will therefore cease to bring up rapists because mm -hmm. we end rape culture when we inculcate in society a universally understood, operated, and very importantly, aspired to gold standard of what constitutes good sexual values and good sexual behavior. And when we end that, by the way, we also end sexual abuse sexual harassment, sexual violence, all areas where the perpetrators rely on the fact that we do not talk about sex to ensure their victims will never speak up, never go to authorities, never to anybody. Um, but we also end many, many very frustrating relationships and very difficult relationships and marriages. Um, when we do all of that, we also massively empower women and girls worldwide, obviously, and we create a far happier world for everybody, including men. And so, you know, I like to say that Make Love Not Porn operates in the single biggest market of them all. Not sex, not porn, the market of human happiness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. That's powerful. Yeah, and, and it's interesting you talk about the values. Um, when Jack and I speak on the platform about what's required to have uh, growing sexual fulfillment over time. Because a lot of times, you know, the uh, oxytocin, you get a flood of oxytocin and everything's wonderful. And then uh, it is quite, quite uh, 
<laughs> common for relationships, sexual fulfillment to decrease over time, yeah, especially when, in committed relationships. Yeah, they become uh, roommates. Yeah, roommates um, eventually, of many of them in the yeah. baby boomer uh, generation, they be, they become roommates, and that's what happened in my last marriage. And uh, the last 11 years, we were celibate. And uh, so it was, uh, uh, and what, what goes first that we find, Cindy, is that the emotional intimacy gets chipped away, gets eaten away, gets eroded. And then that leaves um, nothing to support the exquisite sexual intimacy that you speak about. And we found that, that, to, have, uh, that to have that emotional intimacy requires uh, both parties' willingness to be vulnerable uh, and authentic in, their, in the way they show up. Uh, warts and all, and, and what and they what want they, in the bedroom, and what they want in the bedroom, and and tell their truth, mm -hmm. and then and, that, and then and the fake orgasm. Yeah, there are no for, more for fake good. orgasms, That's right? A, and, and so, so here's the really interesting thing, guys, because we get many emails saying, "Oh my God, you saved our marriage," and um, I, I know we have a break coming up shortly, but. Um, you know, um, I, I can totally speak to how Make Love Not Porn is actually helping couples who are in marriages and relationships where the passion has died reinvigorate and rekindle that passion because um, that is something we hear from our members all the time, including, by the way, in scenarios like, like the one you spoke about earlier with cancer survivors um, and with issues of illness where where performance um, may be more difficult um, in the man's case. So I look forward to picking up on this conversation after the break. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, um, it, it's, it's, it's a very rich topic. Um, it is so interesting because it has to do with um, men's, uh, you know, the myth of how men see themselves or how the, women see themselves. In our penile-centered world. Very phallocentric world. And, uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, our... our um, Jack and I's experience is quite different, and um, it turns out that the cancer and my resulting uh, full clinical impotence and now full chemical castration, which means I have no libido, uh, but we still have extraordinary emotional and sexual fulfillment that just keeps getting better and better. So, um, yeah, and, and so what we found is is that the emotional intimacy is, is, is the stronger that foundation is, is the better. But it does require the vulnerability, authenticity, and, and what we call being open-hearted, removing the barriers from the heart. And we find that our uh, imperative, survival imperative, make us behave in a certain way. Right. You know, for, for women, they don't want to tell their men that he wasn't as good as he think it is in the bedroom because <laughs> he, she's afraid of abandonment. Yeah, whether they're they're committed or not, that 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 wiring is still there from a long time ago, and so uh, she keeps faking. She keeps orgasm. faking, or yeah, you know. There was, in fact, there was a study done in uh, in the UK. I'm, I'd like to bring this up after the uh, after the break. It was done by the university uh, somewhere in London. It, you, you, and I'd love to get your take on this because the the um, <laughs> the numbers are astounding. So we'll be back and after the commercials for our conversation with Cindy Gallup. Yes, a very interesting and um, a juicy. A juicy conversation. <laughs> we'll be back shortly. Again. Stay tuned. We will be back momentarily with more of the Intimacy Connection talk show with hosts Jacqueline Lopez and Michael Russer.
was growing up in Wisconsin, no matter how frigid it was outside, my Uncle Bob never seemed to get cold. He would come in from the snow wearing a t-shirt and remark how fresh it was outside. Then again, folks from Wisconsin are a pretty hearty bunch. As America's official dairy state, the cows have been known to give ice cream instead of milk when the temperatures drop. What's a word for a giant snowball that is formed by rolling a smaller one through a field of snow? Hug him a dog. Megla is an old Scots word meaning to trudge laboriously through the snow. And mufflements is an old Lancashire word for thick, warm, insulating clothes and gloves. Don't forget that you shouldn't try and send text messages if you're standing out in the cold. It can lead to typothermia. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Salads are a great choice for lunch or dinner, but you need to be careful. What you choose to put in your salad can make all the difference of whether it's a low-calorie, healthy meal or a high-fat, high-sugar, unhealthy meal. Harvard Medical School offers four steps in building a healthy, low-calorie salad. Step one is to build a vegetable base. Pack your plate with leafy greens, raw, or grilled vegetables. Step two is to add some protein. Chopped eggs, grilled chicken, low-fat cottage cheese, or a few scoops of beans are always great choices. Step three is to add a small amount of healthy fat. To give you the feeling of fullness, sprinkle on nuts and seeds. And step four is add whole grains and fruit. Top off your salad with sliced strawberries, grapes, and barley. Choose a light dressing and ask for it on the side. Dip your fork into the dressing first, then into the salad. I'm Annette Hammond. We are back to continue our conversation with our hosts, Jacqueline Lopez and Michael Russer, on the Intimacy Connection Talk Show. We are back with our guest, Cindy Gallup, to talk more about sex and juicy stuff and intimacy. And Michael, you were about I was to... on a roll, but I forgot my place. What were we talking about, Cindy? Uh, we we're... were talking about um, uh, d- difficulties for um, cancer survivors. Oh, and, yes, yes, and yes. In fact, I was very glad that um, you brought that up because um, we got this amazing email um, from a couple in their 50s where the husband was a survivor of prostate cancer and as a result um, had erectile dysfunction. And so, um, uh, in, in fact, it's not just from both of them, but written by, by the wife. And, and so um, they found a therapist to help them with um, intimacy and, and, and sexual issues. And, and the therapist actually, um, um, t- uh, it was interesting. The, the wife says here, you know, when we returned to therapy, we explained we didn't know what to do next. We literally did not know what to do to have sex without an erection available. As we described our previous sexual encounters, it was easy to see we followed a basic pattern. That progression was all we'd ever really known. So realizing our background of an experience, the therapist asked, would either of you be opposed to watching others have sex? Like in porn, but not really porn. And the woman says, I recall my face getting flushed. My husband shifted uneasy in the chair. She continued, there's a website called Make Love Not Porn. She told them all about us. She recommended that they watch together, um, it, it, but it's fine if they want to explore individually. Uh, they were very curious, and so they, they brought the laptop to bed, um, learned about our mission, they found <laughs> my head, they watched it, and then they began watching the videos. 
and um, and basically it just um, and and she goes into a lot of detail here, which um, I mean it's graphic. I would happily read it out, but it's it's a very long email. Um, maybe you can share the link with your listeners as as part of the mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. But but basically. She just tells us, you know, how for the first time in nearly a year, this prompted them to engage with each other erotically. Mm-hmm. And it, it has just made a dramatic difference to their sex life. Um, it's it's made them think of whole new ways to make love they had not thought about before. And and it's just it's one of the most amazing tributes we've ever had to what we're doing. And um, th- th- there's a dimension of this also that, that I want to um, talk about for the benefit of your listeners, because... We're a social experiment. You know, we're putting this platform out into the world. We do not dictate what real-world sex is. You are a community. You, the world, show us. And so we're learning ourselves all the time. And one of our most fascinating discoveries has been that socially sharing your real-world sex is as transformative for, for people and their relationships as socially sharing everything else has been for the world at large. So we're all inclusive as a platform. We're LGBT. We have many solo videos, um, men and women masturbating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the vast majority of our Make Love Not Porn stars have never, ever filmed themselves doing anything sexual ever before. They're doing it for us because they believe in our social mission. And so a number of men and women have uploaded videos of themselves masturbating when they had never, ever filmed themselves, you know, um, in attack before. And they tell us that doing that made them love themselves more. It enhanced their sexual sense of self, their sexual self-esteem. Couples tell us that, you know, sharing their real-world sex or make love, not porn, um, completely transform their relationship. Because as a couple, if you decide to film yourselves having sex, you have to talk about it. When you talk about it, it doesn't matter how long you've been together, the conversation goes places it's never, ever gone before. And couples write to us and say, we thought we were open. This just took it to a whole new level. And mm-hmm. so, you know, what what is fascinating for us is that both watching our videos, and, and again, with social sex, you know, it's absolutely fine for the husband or the wife to say to the other, you know, I came across this in the media, you know, why don't we give it a whirl? And, and as I say, we get emails saying, we had not had sex in years. We watched this video, kaboom. In fact, we even have um, a Make Love Not Porn baby. <laughs> quite <laughs> not <enough>. kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite enough we launched. A couple wrote to us, they said... Um, We've been trying for a kid for ages. We just came back from the doctor. The scan confirmed what we suspected. Our child was conceived the night we watched this particular video. On Make <laughs> and, and they said, we're not going to say we could have done it without you, but you really helped. And oh, we, that's, yeah. a, that's a wonderful that. story. And, yeah. and then like, you know, six, seven months later, they wrote to us to say, he's here, the Make Love Not Porn baby. <laughs> yeah, I think he's gone. Oh, and my just God. just thrilled to have that. So, so you know, the, the, the point being that This is the one area of universal human experience that social media forbids, excludes, will not allow any mention of, will not allow, you know, any any photo representing nudity, nipples, whatever. And yet, you know, Make Love Not Porn is proving that when you actually apply all the same principles of social media to social sex, the effect is extraordinary and transformatively beneficial for humankind in so many different ways. I think um, they, I mean, our society tried to hide it because it's a business. It's a, it's, it's a powerful business. The porn industry, it's, it's powerful. 
Michael, you have the yeah. I'm actually sorry, I'm Jacqueline, can I just um, counter that? Um, so back when I launched Make Love Not Porn in 2009, um, you know, um, what made me take it forward was just getting thousands of emails in response from people all around the world, young and old, men and females, straight and gay, every single country. But really interestingly, and rather to my surprise when this first began happening, in amongst those emails were a lot of people um, emailing um, people in the porn industry, specifically millennials in porn, 20-somethings, because millennials in porn are like millennials anywhere else. They're entrepreneurial, ambitious, questioning and challenging the old world order, want to be a part of the new. And so I found that 20-something porn stars and porn directors, male and female, were reaching out to me saying, we love Make Love Not Porn, we want to help. As a result, mm. I have a lot of friends in the porn industry. My friends are helping. MakeLoveNotPorn.tv is the only place on the internet where porn stars share the sex they have offset in the real world. Mm. Because porn stars have real world sex too. That is completely different from the sex they perform on set. And my straight, gay, lesbian, trans porn star friends share on our platform videos of the sex they have in their real world relationships with their real world partners. And they talk in those videos about how different that is from the mm -hmm. sex that they perform on set. So the porn industry as a whole is very interested in the support of what we're doing because no one's tried to disrupt in a very long time. And also because... Um, it is not a powerful force because it is tanking. Its old world order business model has been destroyed by the flood of free content online. That's it has right. I, am, I gave a talk at the New York City Porn Film Festival two years ago on how to make money out of porn, redesigning the industry model. And, you know, what you see in the porn industry currently is a lot of desperation and, quite frankly, unfortunately, in mainstream porn, a race to the bottom um, of trying to be more extreme. It, it, it's, it's one of the reasons why one of the things that I advocate for is the fact that the day we have a porn industry... That is 50-50 equally informed, influenced, managed, led, and driven by women just as much as men. That mm -hmm. therefore targets 50% of its output, its product, equally at women just as much as at men, as opposed to currently mistakenly thinking men are the only audience. And that therefore, very importantly, makes 50% of its money out of women just as much as out of men, is the day you have porn and a porn industry that looks completely different. More innovative, more creative, more disruptive, uh, more, way more lucrative, a better, healthier industry overall. And by the way, the same is true of every other industry. Movies, television, advertising, all male-dominated and playing women back to ourselves through the male lens and the male gaze. So, you know, I'm, I'm a big advocate for women um, who are making porn, who unfortunately in a male-dominated industry struggle to have their work found and appreciated. Mm -hmm. And equally, any woman interested in um, watching porn, you know, what, what, uh, what one of the difficulties is, um, we all watch porn, we don't talk about it. Porn therefore exists in this parallel universe, this shadowy other world. Porn therefore lacks a number of the tools that we use in other parts of our lives to improve them. So for example, porn lacks curation and navigation, or mm -hmm. rather it lacks socially acceptable curation and navigation because there are sites that curate porn but the porn sites there is no yelp of porn and there's no yelp of porn because right now it's really okay to come into the office on a monday morning stand by the water cooler and go i'm really bored of the restaurants i'm eating at who knows any restaurant it is not okay to come in stand by the water cooler and go i'm really bored of the porn i've been watching who knows some new porn that's a problem because the landscape of porn needs navigation especially young people and also for 
women who would like to find their way to porn that speaks to them more than what you will find on the homepage of Brazzers, Naughty America, Pornhub, etc., etc. So, I mean, we're talking about a very big and complex issue, but I can tell you that the porn industry is not the powerful force it once was. It's struggling itself to find a future for itself. And as I regularly tell it in every other industry, the future is female because there is a huge amount of money to be made out of taking women seriously. It's true. And talking about women, would you like to share, Michael? Yeah, yeah I remember the statistics that I was, I was thinking here. Uh, I, I had uh, We had found this research, and it was done by a university in the United Kingdom, and they um, um, they interviewed women of all ages, uh, all adult women, and, uh, and what they found was is that 84% of them um, vocalize or moan during intercourse for two primary reasons. Number one, to speed the guy up, not like hit me harder here because I'm loving it. You know, like you hit me with a jackhammer. No, it's like let's get this over with already. And number two, uh, because they know that the male ego is very fragile, and if they didn't show some indication of pleasure, that uh, he would feel devastated. And I, I find that very, very interesting um, because uh, it, it to me, I infer from that that there's a lot of sexual activity going on where the guy thinks it's he's just he's the star and he's getting the wrong signal from the women and so what are your thoughts on that yeah and then lack well, of authenticity yeah, um, yeah no, to, um, well i've got um, i've got a whole bunch of thoughts on that um, first of all by the way um i completely concur with those findings i've done that myself to speed things up so i i totally <laughs> hear women on that um i would just say um incidentally um because it's important to make this point um, I fight a battle to build Make Love Not Porn every single day, essentially because every piece of business infrastructure any other tech startup can just take for granted. I can't because the small print always says no adult content. I can't get mm -hmm. funded. I can't get banked. I can't put payments in place. I can't use tech. And I'm telling you that because um, for, um, for the same reasons that I battle every day, what we're talking about is the most research-free, data-free, statistics-free area going. For all the reasons I battle, nobody is building the comm score of sex and porn. And I make that point simply because I'm asked to respond regularly to research studies on sex. And equally, I have many friends, academics who cannot get funding for, for research studies um, on sexuality. You know, people who want to explore <clears throat> um, sex through media surveys who can't get their bosses to agree them. Um, I would just caution people that there's a lot of confirmation bias going on in research mm -hmm. of sexuality and, and there is nothing like remotely adequate data to, to make any fully informed assumptions. So, we, so, so, we, so, we're going to a commercial, yeah. Cindy. We'll, we'll continue okay. after the commercial. Okay, right, right. So I just need to make that happen. Yes. With hosts Jacqueline Lopez and Michael Russer. hear about Wesley, the golden retriever puppy from Michigan that was fitted with braces? Before you think this is a bonafide insanity, Wesley was born with teeth that were so crooked he couldn't shut his mouth all the way. This was affecting his ability to eat properly. So his owners took him to the Harborfront Hospital for Animals and Veterinary Dental Solutions, where a doggy orthodontist prescribed him a set of braces. And now, pictures of Wesley smiling with his bright, shiny braces have been circling the Internet. 
With all that metal wrapped around their teeth, some would think that most dogs would become Bruxel maniacs, but not Wesley. He doesn't mind the braces at all and is now able to eat his food with gusto. A Bruxel maniac is someone with an uncontrollable urge to grind their teeth. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. The Nutrition Action Newsletter reminds us that one in two women and one in four men over 50 will break a bone because of osteoporosis. The older you are, the higher your risk. Osteoporosis literally means porous bones. But you can't just think about bones. You must include muscle. As you age, you lose muscle mass pretty rapidly, and your balance becomes worse. This puts you at a higher risk of falling. Many people think that only old people fall, but that's not true. Falling is a major contributor of fractures. By improving muscle's performance and balance, you can lower your risk of falls and fractures. Lifting weights to increase muscle mass is imperative as you age. Since your body is naturally diminishing in muscle mass, you need to take steps to combat that loss. Lifting weights builds muscle, improves balance, and helps keep you from falling. I'm Annette Hammond. We are back to continue our conversation with our hosts, Jacqueline Lopez and Michael Russer, on the Intimacy Connection Talk Show. And the conversation today is with Cindy Gallup, and we will pick up from the place where we left, as Cindy, we're talking yep. about. Go ahead. So, yep, and, and I was going to answer your, your question. You're quite right. So everything we're talking about today is interrelated because when you have a porn industry that is dominated at the top by a closed loop of white guys talking to white guys about other white guys, what you get is an awful lot of porn made by men for men that tells men it's all about them. And that is what, in the absence of talking openly and honestly about sex, unfortunately gets translated into interpretation in the bedroom. And, you know, in that sense, porn is doing men a huge disservice because it teaches men that sex is entirely dick-centric, that it's all about how big it is, how hard it is, mm -hmm. you know, how long it is, how long you keep it up. And great sex is about everything. So, you know, um, I... Um, you know, first of all, I obviously, you know, with Make Love Not Porn, um, you know, putting social sex out into the world that demonstrates that sex as a partnership and an activity of equals is wonderful. That, as I said earlier, the biggest turn on in the world is to be in bed with somebody and see them have an amazing time because of you. But also, you know, this is, again, where education is really important. I tweeted something um, last year about the female orgasm. And I got a bunch of tweets back from a number of my male followers. And these are all really nice tweets, you know, saying things, you know, very sweetly saying things like, ooh, Cindy, I don't think I'll keep going for that long. Or, mm -hmm. uh, but it was very clear that what they all thought when, when I referenced an orgasm was that an orgasm could only be bestowed by a penis inside you. Mm -hmm. And so I tweeted back at them and I went, guys, guys, you know, newsflash. Um, we don't need your dick. We can be made very, very happy with your fingers, your tongue, your mouth. I said, in fact, I've even been known, you know, after the guy has come and I haven't, to go, lend me your hand. And by the way, you don't even have to move it. I'll move it for you. And so, you know, the, um, there are just, um, and again, obviously, everything I'm talking about is, is, is what we deliberately are showcasing in our real world sex videos, that there are so many ways to have sex that are about full on experience and emotion. 
I mean, I mean, for example, you know, as I said earlier, I date younger men, um, they tend to be 20 somethings. Um, I'm, I'm very open about the fact that I date younger men casually and recreationally. Um, I date them for sex. Um, nevertheless, um, I'm very selective. I have one fundamental criteria. No matter how casual relationship, they have to be a very nice person. I have great radar for very nice people. I only date utterly lovely younger men. And I make a point of telling the younger men I sleep with that they're beautiful. And I do that for a couple of reasons. I, I do that, I use that word deliberately because in our society, we do not tell men that they are beautiful and men are beautiful. And so I use that word and I also praise every single part of their body because sex is not just about their dick. It's about, um, actually, I'm a complete sucker for men's forearms. A really nicely muscled forearm with a slight furring of hair. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, it's very obvious um, when I say this that these young men have never, ever heard this before. They've never been – because, again, you know, I remember myself as a 20-something. I was rampantly insecure as a woman. It was all about me because I just need to be reassured all the time. And, um, and so, you know, again, I go back to the point that I know we all agree on, which is that great sex is about great communication, Every single sexual partner you will ever have is different. When you take the time to just talk to them and explore what they like doing and praise every single part of their body and, you know, just, you know, find out how you can have a good time together, whether or not there's an erection involved. Oh, and, and, and actually, oh, yes. Um, so I mentioned earlier that one of the problems with not talking about sex is that we therefore do not have a socially acceptable vocabulary with which to do so. Um, the language of porn has rushed in to fill that gap, and that's not good because the language of porn is um, predominantly male-generated. And so the person who coined the term finger-blasting didn't have a vagina, because if you have a vagina and you hear the term finger-blasting, you want to cross your legs. The person mm -hmm. who coined the term getting her ass railed never got his ass railed. And so um, at Make Love Not Porn, we are building a new vocabulary for real-world sex that is not about the you know, ramming, pounding, hammering, you know, all terms generated by people who do not possess the soft internal tissue to which those things are being done. So we tag our videos completely differently to the usual porn drop-down menu. We use tags like juicy, succulent. Our tag for oral is downtown. Our tag for anal is deliberately derived from the recipient's experience of anal. We tag our anal sex videos, ow, 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 hey now. <laughs> and we do that because we want you to take this language and use it beyond our platform in the real world. It's language you can use to talk about sex in public without worrying about what's coming out of your mouth or being overheard. It's language you can use to talk about what you want to do in bed in a celebratory, positive and gender equal way. And we have a tag for the fact that, you know, in the real world, men are frequently not erect or semi-erect in real world sex. And that's totally fine. And so our tag for videos where we are showcasing, you know, um, men with, you know, semi-erect penises or, or not erect penises is derived from the world of ice cream. We tag those videos soft serve because mm -hmm. soft serves are yummy and delicious. And so are semi-erect and non-erect penises. And they don't have, they, they, they do not have to play a part in what can be remarkably fulfilling sex for both of you. You know, that, that that is a perfect segue to an interview I had with a Florida broadcaster, the female host. And she asked uh, she asked me, you know, how is it, you know, you're, you, you can't get an erection. I, she says, how is it that you make love for two to four hours? I said, well, you've heard the expression that the pen is mightier than the sword. She says, well, of course. 
I says, well, it's it's come, you know, it's come to our attention that the tongue is mightier than the penis. <laughs> and, and, and she it. had me back love on it. again and asked me to re- repeat that. So love it's love it. absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. We are very close to the end of the program. Can you believe that it's gone? And we would like you to repeat some of the websites that you have um, that where people will visit your social media. Um, sure. Um, sure. Um, so um, uh, do do visit us at makelovenotporn.com and makelovenotporn.tv. And by the way, um, you know, I will just say this because I always do. If, if there is anybody listening to this out there who would like to help fund Make Love Not Porn to scale, we would love that because... Um, Our challenge with finding investors is the social dynamic I call fear of what other people will think. That's a very big barrier. Um, Do um, follow us on Twitter at Make Love Not Porn. You can follow me on Twitter at Cindy Gallup. Uh, We do have a crowdfunding campaign for Make Love Not Porn currently on an amazing site called iFundWomen. Um, And any women listening to this, iFundWomen.com enables female entrepreneurs to crowdfund any project. So you should know about that anyway, but do visit ifundwomen.com slash project slash make love not porn. And, you know, we, we would just love to hear from anybody who would love to become a make love not porn star. Um, you can write to Cindy at make love not porn.com. Um, but do join whether it is simply to view our videos or to consider socially sharing your real world sex and demonstrate to the world that the most amazing sex is the sex that we all have in our wonderful everyday lives. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, Cindy, what would you, what advice would you give uh, to young millennials who are about ready to tie the knot? They're, 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 or move in together. Or move in together, right? are re- reluctant to marry. Yeah, they're days, reluctant but... to marry. But they're committed, right? And, they're, 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 and, and the oxytocin is just flooding so all over their yeah. brain, you know, all over their neurons. What, what advice would you give them so that they can uh, not only achieve a very fulfilling sex life, but have it actually grow the longer they are together. Well, in the first instance, I would say, don't get married, don't move in together. Let me just tell you, Michael and I don't sleep every day together because I think that's just so boring. Why would I sleep with my men every day? I wanted this to be fresh and juicy. So he and I sleep Friday through uh, Sunday, and then the rest of the week I have my own room. I, I mean, it's I, just I, I, I that. fabulous I, for us. You know, I love new models of relationships. I mean, when I say that vehemently because um, I'm single, I've never wanted married, I've never wanted children, um, I don't want to be in a relationship, can't wait to die alone. Um, and I believe that everybody should stop and think and pause to design the relationship model that, that will work for them. And by the way, it will work at different stages of your life, maybe different, different stages of your life. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, there are many more ways of being happy um, than the ones, the very limited number that society tells us it's okay to operate. And so I would say to millennials, first and foremost, um, don't do what is societally expected. Um, Certainly, I mean, don't get married young. Uh, I know there are marriages that work out, but on the whole, you're growing, you're turning into different people. You know, really think about it before you decide to live together. Although, again, I live in New York and real estate rentals (laughs) mean that, Mm. you know, it's it's a force of necessity. But, But first and foremost actually stop and think first of all about your values 
and then your sexual values. And those are simply an extension of your life values. What matters to you about the person you connect with sexually? What matters especially when you decide to commit to somebody sexually? Because if, 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 if your instincts tell you that maybe everything's not there, then maybe it's not time to, you know, um, put as firm a stake in the ground as moving in together or getting married. And so I just encourage people all the time to stop and think about what will really make them happy and then to design a relationship or, you know, a career or a life that enables you to live that happiness versus conforming to what society tells you you should be doing. That is fantastic because we 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 just our program we we had the script uh, passed down by our grandparents our our parents and society and they tell us and when you are in your late twenties especially for women the clock is ticking you better find a guy so you can settle with so I so appreciate the fact that you mentioned that Cindy thank you so much for all the girls that are listening and also I um, you know talk about you know knowing your values when I ended my other marriage. I I, two weeks later, I sat down and wrote a 13-page document called my Dream Woman Project. In fact, you can go to dreamwomanproject.com uh, and you'll oh, see it. Terrific. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's actually fairly explicit. And I I identified every single aspect of who I wanted to share my life with. And um, she's sitting across the microphone from. Yeah, we, we realized after a year, um, he needed the same document, and we checked together. And he oh said, God, "Look, look at the document." And then when I read it, in it, I found myself in that document. I love it. I love it. I'm totally going to go and look at that. Yes, yes. Yes. And so, thank you so much for sharing your morning with us. I mean, you have no idea. This was my dream interview, and oh, so thank, thank you. you so much, Cindy. You have done so much for our youth, for our adults, for for everybody with what you have done, with the courage that you have. So continue your good work, and uh, and and hope we we our our life paths cross paths again. Yes, uh, yeah, if we're next time we're out to New York, we would yeah, love so to uh, to meet up with you. Absolutely, yes. yeah. Th thanks so much, guys. I'm right back at you. I, I love the work you're doing as well. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you, Cindy. So have a great rest of the day, and a wonderful and we'll be weekend. back in be seven back. days. All right. Bye. Bye now. Bye. Okay, Karina, you, you can just edit those last few seconds, yeah. right? We, we, we trust. Thanks for listening to our show today. We'll be returning in one week with more of the Intimacy Connection Talk Show to discuss other hot topics on intimacy and relationships with your hosts, Jacqueline Lopez and Michael Russer. You can also listen to all our previous shows on TogiNet, iTunes, and SoundCloud.